Welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast, discussing the mindset for success, how to build wealth and create your own economy. Hosted by portfolio millionaire, property entrepreneur and mentor, Daniel Moses. Good evening, everyone. It's Daniel Moses from Property Wealth Education. And I have a very special guest uh, today who we're going to be talking about money and, you know, their own perspective, individual perspective of how they see money in general. Chris is an insurance broker and also he does a lot of advices around monies and stuff like that. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Chris. Chris, tell us your name and who you are, Chris. Uh, so yeah, my name's Chris. Um, basically, I offer insurance advice um, and bespoke insurances for people, businesses, and companies. Alongside that, I like to think of myself as a health and well-being expert. Some may disagree, some may agree, but I also like to give people um, health and well-being advice um, as well as money advice. How long have you been uh, doing insurance? and you know giving advice around insurance brokerages for companies and individuals now how long have you been doing this for so just a bit of a background i've got a background in banking for 12 years and okay. I, and for insurance i've been doing it for six years so I, it's kind of tied in together but now I'm more of a self-employed and i don't have to listen to anyone tell me what to do in a bank you know, you know, you're definitely one of the people that should be talking about people about money because you you've been in the banking industry and now you you are an insurance advisor and so on. So, Chris, I'm just going to get to it. So, my first question to you is, what is your definition about money? So, obviously, a lot of people have a different definition of money. Um, I think money is the root of all evil, but um, I suppose basically, for me, the, the definition of for money, a lot of people think it's for to create a better life now. But now, um, what I, being in banking and having a background in banking, and now I consider myself an entrepreneur, it's, I, use it, I think of it more now as something to invest for the future that will give you a better life rather than an instant better life um, straight away. Uh, you said here, like they say, money is the root of all evil. Do you actually believe in that word? I don't, I don't believe in it because I'm quite a chirpy um, person and I see the benefits and the good in everything. We all need money. So there's no doubt every, everybody would like more money. Everyone wants more money. Um, but no, I don't believe it's the root of all evil. Um, it's a very important commodity that everyone needs. And it's how you use the money that you do get, how you use it wisely and how basically you can earn more by potentially investing it. I mean, for me, I believe the lack of money is the root of all evil. All right, the lack of money. Because when you don't have money, you're literally struggling uh, around anything, whether mentally, physically. You can actually be choking when you don't have money. You know, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be where I had no money, and I had money, and I lost that money, and I made it back again. So I do, for me, believe that when you don't have money, you don't function the right way. So. Money is a, a very important subject that I always like to talk about because people, a lot of people tend to shy away from me and say, oh, money is not everything. Money is not everything. But yeah, money is part of everything that you need in life. It's one of the most important essential that you'd need to, to, to have. So it brings me to my, my next question. Also, money is something that a lot of people don't talk about. 
people don't like to talk about money with their family, with their friends, whether they have money or they don't have money. People tend to keep it as a secret. So my question to you, first of all, I would like you to explain it from your perspective, then we can explain it in a general perspective. So do you talk to your friends, your relatives, and even your spouse about money? Um, to be fair, my friends are very different to me. I've gone through the same um, kind of journey that they've gone on where they've got um, basically gone to college, gone to banking, gone to a big job in London, stayed in that job and wanted to stay in that job because of the money. I've, I've, I've kind of gone the opposite way. I've done that. It's not made me happy. Financially, it did. It made me very happy, but mentally it didn't make me happy. So I don't, if I'm honest, I don't tend to talk to my friends about money because I feel they're on a different mindset and a different path to myself. Um, okay. Obviously, we, we've met ourselves through networking, um, through a networking yep. group, where we've all got the same mindset of money. If I go to, uh, just a bit um, deeper, basically, how it's, worked, how it's worked for me or how it's been for me in the past is that I didn't actually know from a young age I was an entrepreneur. When I was in school, we were one of the very few people in school to have Sky TV. So what I used to do, kids used to give me their tapes or CDs, whatever, to record Sky, Sky movies. And in turn, what I would do, I would get sweets for it, money. So I was just thinking about it the other day, that my background is, when I, from a young age, was an entrepreneur, kind of followed the footsteps of my friends and my mum because my mum went into banking straight away. But then my mum went into entrepreneurship with her own business and my dad's done the same. And I've kind of done the same as well, where I've, I've gone through being in banking and now an entrepreneur and have my own business like my parents. Um, so I tend to talk about money more with my parents more than I do my friends or people that are not in that um, circle of influence. Am I right to say that your financial habits or your money habits could have been uh, kind of uh, uh, inspired and motivated by your parents? Without actually thinking about it, yes, to be fair. I didn't, I didn't, when you actually sit back and look at, look at the path I've had so far and what I've done so far, a lot of it, if you think about it, a lot of it is influenced by your parents. When you're a young kid um, or a young child, your parents obviously bring you up how they want to bring you up with different being polite all this kind of stuff and you don't actually realize but where, where i've followed particularly my mum's path of being yeah. in banking she was in banking for probably the same amount of time probably more more than me then became an entrepreneur by opening our own children's day nursery i've kind of i've kind of followed the same path so i would say that without actually realizing it and actually when you do think about it your upbringing is a massive part of how you, you think about money I was an only child, so I got sport rotten. But it was a case of that I have actually followed a, a path that my mum's done without actually realising it. Our habits, it's, it's something that would actually determine, you know, how we can actually, you know, be able to turn money around. Because for me, one of the greatest things that has actually helped me in life is always see, uh, you know, every time I had money, it was always, I always had this mentality, how can I double the money that I have before spending the money that I have? So I'll give an example. If I had a thousand pounds in my bank account, the first thing that I would think about is how can I turn that thousand pounds to two thousand pounds, then spend a thousand pounds if I need to spend it. 
So my habits for money obviously has been motivated from my very young entrepreneurial lifestyle or entrepreneurial um, background of my, you know, going back home in Africa and stuff like that. Because my brothers, you know, my my other ones were very entrepreneurial. And these days, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I get to have this sort of conversation always with people and, and you find people saying, okay, I don't have money. So because I don't have money, I'm not going to do something. But if you really look backwards a little bit, that person, that individual that's saying, I don't have money could probably have a thousand pounds to want to do what they need to do. But what, they, what they're doing is they don't want to do it because if they was to invest that £1,000, that would be the only, only £1,000 that they have. So they would rather have that £1,000 sitting in the bank account as an account balance, yeah. okay, and say, I don't have money to do something that could be productive and stuff like that. It's so common. So for me, growing up as a young child, back in those days was I had this mentality of if I have a thousand pounds, how can I make that money grow? That's very weird, actually, because I had that mentality as a child. So I used to save all my pocket money, etc. But as soon as I went into banking, because I had quite a lot of money, I think to myself, well, I'm going to learn a earn a lot of money next month. So I'll just buy your designer suits, your designer shoes, your, everything like, I know everyone, that's the way society is these days, but I just buy everything designer. And I just think, well, doesn't really matter because I'm going to have X amount of money the following month. But now it's different because now I'm, I think more, obviously being self-employed, you earn the money probably need to value it a bit more because you're not definitely going to get it the next month. But now I'm, my mindset is thinking, I've got this money. How can I turn this money into more money yep. and if it means investing in myself or educating myself or learning or anything like that then i've got the mentality now where there will be a reward at the end of it rather than it's me spending a thousand pounds two thousand pounds and not seeing the immediate return i mean one of the things a lot of people tend to spend their money on depreciating assets rather than appreciating assets yeah. which brings me to my next question my next question is what is your take on investing money rather than spending money? Okay, so my take on investing money is you've got investing and spending. Spending most of the time is on something that does depreciate and you're not going to get anything for it in the long run or in the, or in the short run. Whereas yeah. if, you invest, if you invest your money into yourself, whether it is learning, then obviously there's going to be a return. There's also the, the point where, for example, if I need to borrow a thousand pounds and it's going to cost, it's going to cost me 2% interest. Well, let's just say for example, but I can invest that a thousand pounds into something that's going to give me 5% interest. Then I'll do it. I'll, I'll take out the, the loan or the whatever I need if I haven't got it immediately. I think the vision of people these days is more, it's not, it's not long-term or short-term. It, it, it's more, Oh, I'm borrowing a thousand pounds. Am I going to pay back? Whereas now my mentality as an entrepreneur, the last four or five years is I can make that money. I can use that money to make more money eventually. So it depends what you're saving on really. Some people obviously have that mentality that saving, 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 saving. But if that saving is earning you 0.01%, you could potentially use that money to create a new career for yourself. Funny enough, you know, people don't get this sometimes. I think with the, with the current interest rate and stuff like that, if you really look at it, you're actually paying the bank to keep your money for you and is so-called in the so-called savings. Yeah, well, so, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm somebody that in the last two years, especially uh, have used 
you know, loans to create wealth. Yeah. You know, I've gone out there, used loans, and I've created wealth from it. So I'm, I'm a strong believer of good debt rather than bad debt. I'll give an example. I did a development project last year, June. I went into buying a house and leverage on my credit card, leverage on my business expansion loans, and you name it. I leverage on so many things. But in the end, eight months later, that, that investment doubled its value. And I was able to pay back the debts. And that exactly. brought me into to go into the next project. You know, uh, and again, I, I coach and mentor people all the time. And one of the wrongest things I hear people talk about is, I want to, I really want to do this. I really want to change my life. And I have some money, but I don't know how I'm going to, how it's going to work. If, what if it's, you know, what if it goes wrong? You're already being negative about the situation mm. of what actually creates something that you're actually looking for. Like on a nutshell, I always say this, you can't give what you don't have, correct? You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't exactly. have the right mentality about money, even if you try to do it, without changing your mentality, sometimes, again, the mindset, it might not work. And most people see money as, I want, I want the good stuff. I want to buy this stuff. You know, rather than seeing money as, let me grow this money, then I can go and buy what I need to buy later. Yeah, and I, I, re, I really think it's very key for people to start saying, okay, I've got a thousand pounds in my bank account, balanced for a month or two months or three months. That's nothing. Not, it's not growing. Having having a thousand pounds in your account as balance in six months, in a year, you're never making 50 pounds. Well, that's, well, that's again, where I've got my banking background, I know that the money that they give you as an interest rate compared to the money they make overnight with all your money that's in the bank account is ridiculous. The, 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 that's that's how banks survive. That's how banks make money and survive. You put your thousand pound in your bank account. They give you zero put zero one whatever the percentage is now, and on that on your one thousand pounds, they go and invest that and they make five ten times the amount. It's ridiculous. They go in and make lots and lots of money. So that brings me to my next question. Um, what is your mindset? Uh, all right, about good debt, and what is your mindset around a bad debt? I think as soon as people see the word debt, it's instantly negative. So they think, oh, I've got a debt. I've got a debt. I've got a debt. The word debt on its own is negative, whether it's got good debt or bad debt. So for me, as long as that debt is used in the right way, it's, it shouldn't be a problem. It's not a debt. Well, it is a debt, but it's not. The, the mentality should be that bad debt, good debt, it's a the debt, the actual word debt is a negative word, but if that debt is used to something to make you grow as a person rather than just used as a debt for a pair of shoes or, or a car or something like that, it's going to depreciate as soon as you take it out of the shop or, do you know what I mean? Then the debt, yeah. the debt itself is a good debt. It's a good debt. As long as, it's, as long as it makes you something or creates you something or provides you with something that's going to cause, that's going to give you value, then it's, it's a good debt. A bad day is rank, um, maxing out a credit card to have ten pairs of ten pairs of Gucci shoes, or, or do you know what I mean? That, that's a bad. That's a bad day. On a nice holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, a holiday. A holiday could be good because obviously, as someone who works or an entrepreneur or a business person or anyone, you need, especially now these times, you need a holiday. Could be good because mentally you might need a holiday, but things like 
that are going to depreciate in value and not offer you value. Like, a, but a holiday will offer you value because it's going to give you relax, relaxation, really, isn't it? I think a, a holiday, if you have the money to go on holiday and you're not going to be mourning when you come back, then yes, that's a world. <laughs> but, you know, why Why should you go on holiday when you, you're going to max out on your credit card, then you come back, you're going to pay interest and it's going to take you about a year or two to try and pay off that debt. And you're back to, you're scooching yourself and stuff like that for the next two years, but you've just gone and have, you know, a, a seven days, I don't know, it's like living in heaven for seven days yeah, and come yeah, back. Yeah, some people, like me and yourself, are workaholics, work, 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 work. And we probably need a holiday to recuperate, if you know what I mean. So it depends really. So I suppose it's 50-50 with that one because a holiday can be used in a positive way. Yes, absolutely. It could also be used in a business way as well. Yep. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. But if someone just literally maxes out their credit card, goes on holiday as a life of Riley for seven days, and then the next 300 and whatever days are miserable, then yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Should people borrow to invest or should people save to invest? Everything for me is ROI, return of interest. If you're gonna if you're gonna borrow some money and it's gonna give you more than I what really you like borrow for. That's the return on interest. Can you explain a little bit on that? I'm an investment, but yeah, I'm an investment, but yeah. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like what you did. You borrowed whatever you borrowed, but you knew in eight months' time that it was going to give you double of what you put into it. So there's no problem with that. If you're going to borrow money and it's going to give you a better outcome, then yes, that's fine. Savings, we talked about savings. I don't particularly savings unless it's a special kind of saving it's not going to give you a big enough interest so again if you're borrowing five thousand pounds at two percent and you can get five percent for it then i would do it i mean for me personally i i did that a couple of years well 10 years ago i did that for a uh, bond um it was supposed to pay out within a few years it hasn't paid out still as of yet but i know that when that bond does pay out i'm going to have um a lot more than I put in. I brought more than I had in my bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always say this. I'm somebody who has been able to use good debt to create the life of the life that I currently now have over the last three three years plus. I started my property business in 2017 uh, on the back of you know uh, uh, credit cards, you know even payday loans. Guys, a disclaimer here. All right. <laughs> I used pay up even payday loans to contribute to my business. And today, you know, I now have a business over the last three years alone. Uh, we we now we've hit a revenue of half a million uh, in our real estate business. And uh, we've not created a portfolio of over a million, you know, and our turnovers in other businesses as well. So I'm somebody that I've been able to use good debt uh, as per se, uh, because I always say, don't say you can't afford it. Say to yourself, I would find a way to afford it when it comes to development, when it comes to self and personal development, when it comes to investing, you know, because some people just, in as much as a lot of people like short-term goals and don't like long-term goals, I always say, regardless, always, you know, have a 12-month plan for anything you want to do in life, minimum minimum 12 months but obviously sometimes people say oh if it's not going to give me 300 pounds on my thousand pounds in a month or two 
then I'm not going to do it because I know what to do with that money. A lot of people say that. Why would I give you my money when I know what to go and do with my money? Then you have two months, three months, three months, five months, six months. That person still have the same account balance and so scared to, to use it. And again, in order to actually make money grow and double, you must become somebody who likes to take risk as well. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's a quite a, a deeper conversation about money and how people should actually see money. You know, so for those listening to us right now, Chris, what would be your top three advice, you know, of how people should start to actually look at money? Well, to be fair, now there are a lot more ways to borrow money than probably when you did it as well. So my top three tips would be about um, about looking at money in a different way is that do not see it as something that that you really, really have to have a lot of to do what you want. If you've got an ambition or a dream or a business idea that you think that can be a success for you and your family, then I would I would encourage you to plan it, plan what you want to do, plan the next 12 months, like Daniel says, and actually go for it. I'm very risk. But the problem is, is that there are so many people all around that are unhappy and that most of it is around the, the word money. And most people have a dream. They don't like their job. Be like, I didn't like my job. I loved the money. I didn't, like, I didn't like the job. But I took a risk. And I think you only have one life. They say the richest place is the grave because people have so many dreams and ideas that they just don't pursue it. But um, I, would, I would say if you've got a dream and you want to do something with your life and you're not happy where you are, I would 1 million percent, 100 percent find a way and go for it. I think I'm going to write off your question, but yeah. <laughs> so do you think, in, you know, buying insurance is an investment or in, not an investment? It's a million percent an investment. People see insurance as something, I don't want to get too gloomy about the whole subject, but people see it as an expense and something they don't need. The things they need to look out for is if something happened to them today with regarding an illness or they were to unfortunately pass away, they don't see the mess it's going to leave their family in. And a lot of the time, the actual investment in the insurance, or all the time, the investment in the insurance, the money you put in to the money you can get out beats any kind of bank account 0.000001%. So not only are they protecting themselves, they're protecting their family, they're protecting their future. And at the end of the day, your family and your business or your future past now and leaving a legacy potentially is you you need to invest into it you can invest for as little as like a pound a day and leave your family about hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah the reason why i say i believe in insurance a lot is because uh for me you know i i i I literally invest a lot in you know in my insurance policies up to health insurance life insurance key man insurance about two yeah no three years ago not two years ago three years ago i was having a conversation with someone and someone said to me daniel do you know if you don't have an insurance policy that covers your entire mortgage and God forbid, if somebody was to die, you know, the, the, the mortgage lender can actually record that mortgage and take the house back. You might think you're, you have, you've invested in a property without an insurance policy. If something was to happen, the mortgage is in that person's name that died, you know? And I was like, really? Yeah, exactly. That was the first eye opener I knew about insurance. Then the second one was, health insurance there's one time i had a i had sprained my shoulder i sprained it you know had a few massages here and there here and there 
And I um, went to see the doctor, the GP, and they said that it was fine, just a little sprain, you know, take take painkillers and so on and so on. But the pain went on for on and on and on for about six months, seven months, eight months, nine months. I keep going to them. They keep telling me, oh, it's nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. Thank goodness, as at that time, I had an insurance policy and I had to go and see a private doctor. And all of a sudden, I was diagnosed with something called, there was a swelling in my shoulder inside of it. The NHS, no, no disrespect to the NHS. I love them. They're doing a great and amazing job. But they didn't see that. In fact, at some point, you know, I, I would book an appointment and, I, you know, I started getting the feeling that this doctor wasn't re- really ready to look, you know, to, to see the pain I was having on my shoulder. No disrespect. But in the end, if I didn't have a private medical care, I would probably be in pain on my shoulder. Yeah. Yes, how, how much how much that insurance? Literally less than what? It was literally less than 50 pounds a month. You know, so that goes to tell you how important, you know, you can spend some money on yourself and have the right product. You know, so that brings me to one of my final questions, Chris. So you're an insurance broker. What do you do? How do you help people on insurance policies? How do you help people? So what I do is I just I speak to people. Um, I try to educate them on insurance. Um, if they've already got insurance policy in place, I will do a like for like, um, I'll see if I can save them money. I'll even explain what they've got so they know exactly what they've got because a lot of people just policy in the drawer 10 years later. And obviously over those 10 years, circumstances change, etc. Kids come involved, get involved. Um, so I advise them on what they've got. I give them advice in general um, on what I think they should have. Um, and I do a comparison to what they have if they've got it. And if they want to speak to me uh, anymore or would like some more information or some quotes then obviously I'll give them some quotes and the thing with a policy is that something is better than nothing even if you need a hundred pounds worth of policies or 50 pounds worth of policies policies and you can only afford 25 something in place is better than nothing is what I'd say so I I openly advise people give them advice on what I think they should have and what they do have so what kind of insurance policies do you provide Chris so life insurance um illness cover um, so life insurance is, well, it says it on the tin. Illness, illness cover is if you become ill, then you will need a payout. Income protection, uh, mortgage protection, private health, um, private health for companies, um, for their staff and personally. Death in service for companies, relevant, which is managed relevant life policy. Disability cover, uh, you're testing me now. Fracture cover, um, which basically I normally advise for people that play sport or self-employed. It's a pretty cheap policy, which basically, if you fracture yourself in or out of work, then there's a payout. It's quite good for like people like window cleaners and stuff like that, I suppose, people that play sport. Um, yeah, so I do a variety of life, health and business cover to obviously help people, loan protection as well. Yeah, oh, fantastic. So yeah, Chris, uh, I really want to really appreciate you uh, spending your time with us uh, this evening. And thank you for having me as well, Daniel. Bye.